0: everybody, this is Rafe Telch and this is episode 80 of Have Not Seen This, a weekly in-depth look at a much beloved movie, selected specifically by our guest that they're a little surprised when they find out people have not seen. Hope everyone's having a great week out there. Uh, Here is our weekly movie discussion, which sees the return of Price Ash to the show. Price came on uh, last year at one point to talk about Fletch, and we've been trying to juggle schedules and figure out how to get me back on his show, where I previously appeared to talk about Pixar films and Onward, the last movie I got to see in theaters before everything shut down for the pandemic, and how to get him back on my show. And we finally got our schedules to click. It's been a little bit of a process, which we allude to in the episode. And uh, here he is with a new comedy, uh, one that I had never heard of, which is 2015's Don Verdeen starring Sam Rockwell, who I guess has been a recent fixture on the show between this and the way, way back a couple episodes ago. It is an interesting episode. It's a great conversation between Price and I. Uh, a lot of little tangents, as usual, and, uh, and a good time. I, I enjoy talking movies with Price. We do not see eye-to-eye on a lot of films. He has a lot of opinions that I don't necessarily agree with, and I'm sure I have a lot of opinions that he doesn't agree with, but it's still fun to sit down with uh, someone I feel like I could be friends with in the real world, and chat movies, because that's what this is all about. So here we go with this week's episode, 2015's Don Verdeen. All right, so preemptively, I should just go ahead and throw in here, uh, as good as my editing skills tend to be, uh, we are recording this with me having a cough. So I will attempt to edit it out and mute myself as much as possible. But if I'm in the middle of a long rambling dialogue, who knows uh, whether I'll be coughing or not. So I apologize (laughs) for that, but that's, that's there. That's fine. So, uh, how have you been?
1: I've been good, man. I've been good. Just, uh, just, I mean, like you, I've been moving a lot, uh, since we last spoke, I think I want to say the last time we record, it was like two houses ago for me, Oh um, because when, when did we record it was before it was back in 2019 I know that I can't remember when but I moved in 2019 moved again we finally bought a house last year last about a year ago actually to this month um, so that is exciting that's kind of the biggest thing that's happened in my life probably since since I spoke to you last or at least formally spoke to you on a recording like this
0: yeah we, we last recorded it in April April, April 3rd of, of 2019.
1: 2019 yeah gum dude wow so it's been almost two and, a half, wait, wait, two and a half years since we last recorded uh
0: wait wait 2019
1: no no april of 2020 2020 okay yeah because i didn't think we like it's i've been talking to you about coming back on for um too long for a long time <laughs> yeah like pretty much ever since we first recorded just because i had a good time and and you're easy to talk to about movies i love talking about movies so match made in heaven that's that's
0: what we try to do here. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, before we get into the movie, now now you last time you were on you picked a, a classic comedy this time sure. you picked a more contemporary comedy so uh, is it fair to say you enjoy comedies? I do
1: enjoy comedy but let's back up for a second and let's take note that I actually did
0: well let's not get uh, into that <laughs> I
1: actually did recommend a movie that's definitely not yes. a comedy um, but that we couldn't find it anywhere I own the DVD but I couldn't obviously couldn't right. share it with you um,
0: $250 yeah, for and then the, the- <laughs>
1: yeah, and then the second the second movie that I chose was kind of a coming-of-age drama comedy, but that also couldn't be found. So we settled with this. But this is another one. I for this this time on the podcast, I wanted to try to bring a movie that like is kind of lesser known. Or like under the radar because last time fletch is a pretty well-known like it's a comedy classic right uh but this is not many people have heard of it i know yeah. you haven't my <laughs> my co-host on real rundown had not until i made him watch it when we were covering all of jared hess's films this was back when when we were going by director's cut and we were watching <laughs> like all of director's filmography which was a big undertaking but
0: yeah i do like comedies the reason i wanted to bring up the comedy thing is because you know i mean this, this is going to come out on the of us recording it, pretty much. And uh, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, this week saw uh, the passing of Norm MacDonald. Mm -hmm. So I I, I thought, you know, I... I, Norm MacDonald, not not a huge movie presence Mm -hmm. as much as a a television presence, of course. But, like, I enjoyed his work on Saturday Night Live. But back when I was professionally reviewing DVDs and that kind of stuff, I got Mm -hmm. sent a a comedy CD that he put out. And I, Mm -hmm. like, he wasn't my flavor mm-hmm. at the time. But what I'm discovering is as I get older, there was a lot of nuance and subtlety mm-hmm. to his comedy that I yeah. totally missed out on at the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Today has been, uh, going down a rabbit hole of Norm McDonald um, bits for me. Um, I've been watching a bunch of Norm Macdonald videos today. To yesterday, definitely bummed me out. Honestly, this whole week has been kind of kind of sad because two of like two people that have been influential as far as comedy for me passed. Norm Macdonald, and then I don't know if you're familiar with Ben Best. Uh, oh, yeah. He was co-creator of Eastbound and Down. He's actually a North Carolina native. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's from Shelby originally. And also, you know, he co-created and, and starred in uh, Foot Fist Way, which is filmed right here in, in Concord. So, I mean, it's been it's been a sad day for or It's been a sad week for comedy, honestly.
0: Right. Yeah. So anyway, I just I thought, you know, it'd be a nice moment to to pay tribute to. Of course. Of to, course. Well, yeah. I, and I had forgotten about the, the, the second one. But yeah, it's yeah. Um,
1: Norm Macdonald was a legend.
0: He was, and the more, and again, I mean, I'd, I, I think I wrote him off a lot at the time, yeah. just because I didn't, and and now I'm learning learning more and more. It's because I didn't yeah. get him, but the the legacy that he has, the 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 reach that his yeah. comedy had, like yeah. l- looking on on social media and seeing all of these other legends of comedy mm-hmm. who I who I did get back then yeah. and still get now, and their responses to his passing yeah. is just like wow.
1: He's a comedian, or he was a comedian's comedian. Yes. Um, And and he had a very dry sense of humor and a very unique delivery. Nobody else did it like he did it.
0: My favorite bit of his non-SNL bit of his Uh was one of, and I can't remember which one it was, but yeah. one of the roasts, the Comedy Central roasts. <laughs> I watched the Bob Saget one today. Was it the Bob Saget one I, where he was doing like decades old, like he was doing 1940s, 1950s style material. And I like think half so. of the audience is just staring at the stage yeah. in just, just incredulity. Like what the hell yeah. is going on here? Yeah. And like, I think it was, Bo- I think it was the Bob Saget one because Saget was yeah. just losing it. Like yeah, he was yeah. Saget was losing it. He was laughing and so hard. He was like,
1: he spent like a whole like three minutes just making fun of bob saget's face right and it was hilarious and it was all like really stupid stuff but it was so funny yeah Uh, because nobody nobody expected him to get up there and do that he threw everybody for a curveball and that's kind of what he always did exactly
0: and that's that's i remember even at the time really appreciating yeah the skill that he brought because he just was completely subverting expectations
1: yeah i i um I can't repeat my favorite um, jokes, <laughs> nor <laughs> McDonald
0: jokes, on here
1: because uh, they're very inappropriate. But yeah, that dude was so funny, so yeah. funny. If you ever get a chance, go look up his guest appearance on Dennis Miller's show on HBO. Um, I'm sure you can find it on find the clip on YouTube. But I watched it today very very funny but very
0: irreverent (laughs) right the one i've been watching repeatedly over the last day or so has been the uh the conan o'brien clip Mm -hmm. where he was uh he was he was on the show but the interview at the time was supposed to be courtney thorn smith okay he was just supposed to be you know how the guests you know they slide down and they stay sitting there and right but he wasn't going to let conan just interview courtney thorn smith he was getting (laughs) his chops in every chance he got it and even Conan posted that clip, and it was like, "Oh, that's now I see, now I understand."
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah,
0: he was hilarious. So, what do you think going back into movies? What do you sure. what, what do you think again? You know, classic comedy before under un, un, unknown, I guess, mm-hmm. comedy. This time, what what do you think your favorite comedies are, or favorite comedic actors, even?
1: Um well, Will Farrell is definitely a favorite comedic actor of mine. Uh Chevy Chase obviously. Uh Steve Martin is up there if you're not watching uh, Only Murders in the Building on Hulu right now, you should be. It's in my queue, but I it's haven't so had good.
2: This, I
0: haven't had a free minute to pull the trigger on it yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able to watch today's episode, but uh it's so good. Um uh, but yeah, those three are definitely probably my top 3, but like I don't know, man. I'm not too picky. I don't really care for Jim Carrey that much. Mm. I love Jack Black. Um, trying to think of uh, other people. I mean, I newer people. I, I'm a big fan of Adam Devine's of Workaholics. I think he's very very funny. I just love that whole uh, the whole crew, the Workaholics crew is very funny. I know they're not really comedians, but but the it's always sunny in Philadelphia cast. Right,
0: um, they're
1: some of the funniest people working right now.
0: Which I've never seen an episode of that. It's in my queue what? because I I fell in love with uh, Mythic Quest during its yeah. first season, and yeah. uh, that's that's got largely the same creative a lot of the creative yeah. behind it. So yeah. I I uh, I, 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 pu- I then I added sunny in philadelphia to my list and just wow. again, I haven't gotten to it yet so i can't
1: believe you've never seen any of that show nope. that is probably my favorite well besides seinfeld it's probably my favorite uh sitcom i don't know if it's really a sitcom but tv comedy uh, comedy uh, tv show but yeah mythic quest is very funny but this is better
0: okay all right. Well, yeah. I will I will get to it eventually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's too much content out there, man. Oh yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh.
0: Well and and I've talked on the podcast before that I, I, I am not a big comedy person anymore. I used to mm-hmm. be. Like mm-hmm. I remember a lot of the comedies of the eighties and, and early nineties, and somewhere along the way I just stopped. I think probably because my experience going to the movie theater, especially when I was when I was writing reviews you know, professionally, mm-hmm. I was going by myself a lot of yeah. the time. And comedies are not as much fun to go see by yourself. They, they, they're more fun to experience yeah. with somebody else. And I think in that time, I sort of fell away from comedies. And, and even now, like, it's very rare for me to put on a comedy. It's usually drama or sci-fi or, you know, something.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, even today watching Shang Chi, which is not necessarily a comedy, but it's in a Marvel movie, so there's plenty of comedy in it. And I was, I was with my co-host Austin, and just to be able to like laugh along with somebody, so much, so much better than me sitting. If I was sitting alone, I probably wouldn't laugh as hard. Right. Which, which is weird, but uh, I probably wouldn't. I might, I might not even laugh out loud. But I'm with a group. I'm definitely laughing out loud.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get into the movie, one sure. one last thing, which is price two, Austin zero so far. So, Austin, yeah, get, that's get, true. get that's with true. it. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. All right. Let's get into the movie. You picked Don Verdeen from 2015, yeah. written by Jared Hess and Jerusha Hess, directed mm-hmm. by Jared Hess, starring Sam Rockwell, Amy Ryan, Jermaine Clement, Danny McBride, and Will Forte. <laughs>
2: Biblical archaeologist Don Verdeen has received worldwide acclaim for his incredible discoveries in the Holy Land. Don's discoveries have touched the lives of millions, confirming the miraculous narratives found in the Bible. We're standing in the very creek bed where David fought Goliath. If I'm David, I'm gonna get one chance for a kill shot right between the dice. Oh! You had to in the uterus, Don. I am so sorry, Carol. Don, church attendance has been on a massive decline. Satan can get you to start your day off wrong and he's gonna do it through breakfast cereal. Great
0: nuts, nuts, testicles.
2: Nice try, Satan. What I'm proposing is that we bring more artifacts here. It would be like a holy land in the good old U.S. of A. Where it should be, not over there. I believe
1: I have a lead on the location of Goliath's skull. Don, I'm gonna get you to Israel. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling you didn't like this movie.
0: Uh, how do you describe this movie to someone who has not seen it? That's a great question. <laughs> um, so essentially, it is about a a once
1: famous Christian or biblical archaeologist who is trying to cling on to relevancy uh, by faking it. Essentially, uh, that's that's how that's my one one line t- kind of tagline. I guess one sentence tagline.
0: Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's astute. I mean, that's, and that's yeah. kind of like, as I said, I had not heard of this movie until you picked it. It was, as you mentioned earlier, it was your third pick. We, we, we've, right. we've been dancing this dance about around like you, I, I thought your first pick, we're not going to talk about what movie was, but it was like, I was looking forward to it. And then suddenly it's not available anywhere. And yeah,
1: well, if, if we can ever figure out how to get you to watch it. Oh, we will. I, I will see. It. I definitely want to come back on and, and talk about that movie. Cause yeah. Man. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, well, but I
0: had not heard of this one uh, until you right. until you brought it up uh, mm-hmm. after a couple of days of boy, this movie's not working. This movie's not working. So I did watch the trailer uh, mm-hmm. when I first was lining things up to watch it, and that's that's pretty much what you just said. It was like the mm-hmm. feeling of it is uh, a little less of him faking it in the trailer, but definitely when you get into the movie, there's there's more of that there. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that you you made Austin watch this when you guys were doing uh, director lines on on your podcast. Yeah. Was that your first time seeing this or had you seen no. it before? What's, what's your history with this movie?
1: So I I can't remember when I saw this. When did it come out? Was it 2007?
0: 15. 15. Wow, I'm
1: way off. I, I'm pretty sure I saw it in 2015 uh, when it first came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but I, I know I saw it shortly after it came out. I'm am a I'm a fan of Jared Hess. Um, I like his work. I I resonate with his work for some reason. I really like his aesthetic. He has a very specific aesthetic. And for some reason, it's nostalgic for me. And I don't know why, because it it reminds me of growing up in the 90s. And I'm pretty sure Jared Hess grew up in like the 80s or 70s. But (laughs) something about it just reminds me of my childhood, just his aesthetic. And so I was just gravitated or gravitated towards his movies i loved napoleon dynamite um and i loved nacho libre even more uh nacho libre napoleon dynamite i don't love as much as i used to but nacho libre i freaking love that movie and then he did a third movie called gentleman broncos which is a real out there movie if you've never seen it nope it's got jermaine clement and um sam rockwell in it it's wacky but
0: it's good. <laughs> um, it's wackier than this movie just throwing out there hess was born in 79 so he is the okay. 80s so that, 90s yeah yeah,
1: yeah that, well. ma- that makes that makes sense because i i was born in 1990 so i still kind of felt some of that you know holdover from the 80s when i was growing up so that makes sense um but just like a lot of the locations that he shoots just reminds me of places I I went to, especially like I spent a lot of time in churches like these when I was growing up. You know, with my grandparents and stuff. Like these are kind of old people's churches, right? And I spent a lot of time in churches like this, so it, it reminded me a lot of that. Um, and I just I wanted to see everything that Jared Hess did, and I have so far, um, unless he's done something since Masterminds, but I don't think he has.
0: I I don't think so. No. Um, I'll I, I'll have to check his filmography again a little later yeah yeah so this movie is not well liked it mm-hmm. sits at twenty nine percent at Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. with with a twenty three percent audience score so even at twenty nine percent the critics like it more than the viewers who chime right. in there it sits right. at thirty nine percent at metacritic mm-hmm. and yeah your your selling point when you you and I were chatting about it was it's from Jared Hess who did you know Napoleon Dynamite and nacho libre um Two movies that I don't like. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so it's like, oh God, this is uh this this is potentially going to be painful. Yeah. And I, I mean we'll get into kind of some of my thoughts it's on It's less
1: stylized uh, than those two movies, though.
0: Uh, oh yeah. It is yeah. definitely not as it is not as quirky as Napoleon Dynamite. It's definitely more mature. It, and it has more substance to it because my problem with Napoleon Dynamite overall is that there's nothing to that movie. Yeah. It's just a bunch of vignettes that really don't end up meaning anything. And at least this has some rough, but yeah. some character development. Yeah. Um. And and I mean, it has some good performers in it. I mean, it's, it really it's, does. It, yeah. it is it is interesting. And that that's why.
1: Um, as far as what you said about uh, Nacho Libre, that's kind of one of the reasons why, or not Nacho Libre, Napoleon Dynamite. That's one of the reasons I don't like it as much as I used to. Right. Is seeing it, you know, grown up, it it doesn't hold up as much as it used to.
0: I, I was in college, uh, returned to college when that movie was kind of all in the, the cultural zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And one of my professors, I had had him for another class before, I had him for a summer class, and he mentioned liking napoleon dynamite and i i mm. waited till after class and i went up to him and I, I said napoleon dynamite he said yeah it's great and i said why like can you what what is substantive about it that you can put your finger on that you can explain why it's great you want us to be critical thinkers critically think about napoleon dynamite why is it great and he stood there for a minute and he stared at me with this grin on his face and finally just went because it is <laughs> like he couldn't he couldn't rationalize his opinion about that yeah
1: movie. i i get that though i mean there are certain bad movies that i enjoy oh, just, sure and i think they're good just because just because i know they're bad movies but i still enjoy them like the like the uh the fast and the furious
0: franchise oh um, god yeah they're
1: terrible movies but i love them and i think
0: they're great <laughs> i don't even think they're terrible movies they're just not art i mean they're they're, yeah. they're popcorn art
1: yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 All right. That this last one was bad. But
0: I anyways, haven't seen it yet. It's not good. Again, it's not <laughs> haven't set foot in the movie theater yet. It just has ability the ability to, to, to ramp. To pull it up on demand has has arrived. Yeah. So I may watch it soon. But uh all right, let's take a look at what the critics did say about this. I find okay. these reviews really interesting. Okay. Um the the negative review comes from Bilge Ibiri from Vulture and he writes, directed by Jared Hess, who made a splash with Napoleon Dynamite back in 2004, but hasn't managed to replicate that film's success in the years since, Don Verdeen has an ambling, quiet manner that dulls any satirical edge it might have had. That is perhaps forgivable, maybe even admirable on some level, though the script is loaded with caricatures. Hess is gentle in how he portrays these characters, often emphasizing little human moments that undercut the fraud and the pious opportunism and the grave robbery and the kidnapping and the bribery. <laughs> What's not forgivable is that the film forgets to be funny along the way. Comic situations this far-fetched require conviction, whether that conviction manifests itself through speed or broad performances or something else. Mm-hmm. And a- as we just said, it, it definitely has a more su- subtlety to it, more nuance yeah. to it, but I kind of agree in that it's, it's missing something that made me laugh at it like there was only mm. one moment in the whole movie there was one mm. moment that had me genuinely smiling and laughing mm-hmm. and I, I i couldn't put my finger on it until i read that review but i think especially sam rockwell's performance is so just subdued He's playing this dude who is just laid back like mm-hmm. and, and that problem is that doesn't translate well into comedy
1: Uh see i I didn't think he was he he's kind of the straight man of of this and the people around him are the funny people boaz i think boaz is very funny uh but the the one thing about the comedy in this it's not the comedy of nacho libre it's not it's not in your face it's not it's very subdued it is um it is quieter, uh, but the the performers he he gets to come in and perform that comedy. I think do a good job with it. And, and I, I didn't pick this movie because I absolutely love this movie. Right. It's just a movie that I do enjoy. It's not my favorite Jared Hess movie, but it's a movie. I do think more people should watch because I do think it is better than the reviews. Give it credit for. Um, I, I think there's, there's quite a few moments that I wrote down and we can talk about them now yeah. or, or whenever um, that, that I thought that I thought was very funny. That definitely made me laugh out loud. Um, let me just bring up a few.
0: So, well, let's hold off and let's do the positive okay. review okay. first, and then we'll get okay. into some of those moments. Because the positive review, okay. uh, the positive review makes me laugh. Okay. And this is written by Alyssa Wilkinson of Christianity Today, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and she writes, I mean this in a good way. Don verdine probably never had much of a chance. It's a satire set in American church culture, which means it will offend those Christians who don't find it that funny. A lot of its humor relies on the audience's insider knowledge of the obsessions and verbal tics of a subculture to which many of them don't belong. That Mm. probably explains why the first time I saw it, the laughter in the theater was restricted to a few chuckles, except for two people obnoxiously howling at the screen. One was some guy near the back of the room. The other was me. Now, the <laughs> fact that this is a satire of religious culture, and the reporter is from Christianity Today, when uh-huh. I first clicked to read the review, I was like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. She didn't get that she was part of the joke. Mm-hmm. And when I read the review, it was like, no, she did. Yeah. And, and actually, she brings up a point that you already hinted at. This reminds you of some of the churches like that you've grown up around.
1: Yeah, not necessarily the the pastors themselves right. or even Don Verdine, but just like the settings.
0: But she says a lot of its humor relies on the audience's insider knowledge of the obsessions mm-hmm. and verbal tics of a subculture to which many of them don't belong. Yeah. I do not belong to that subculture. I did yeah. not grow up going to a church. Yeah. This is what I what I understand of church. Is, you know, not that I haven't been to church, but it's largely caricature and generalizations as opposed to her giving Hess credit for creating something more sincere and genuine that plays with something that not a lot of people have experienced. And maybe you have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I am a Christian um, and grew up going to church and and stuff like that. Um, And. I don't I don't find this movie offensive at all. I mean, I'm the type of Christian that can laugh at himself. I'm not uptight or anything like that. Um, And also Jared Hess is a Mormon. So he he knows he grew up in this kind of setting. Now, Christianity is a little bit different than Mormonism, but it's similar as far as organized religion goes. So he he grew up in this. So he he knows it very well.
0: So I, I find it interesting. You, you've uh, you've kind of almost hit both sides of a coin uh, of mm-hmm. something I wanted to bring up, Okay. which is Boaz. Yeah. Jermaine Clement plays Boaz. this Israeli uh, <laughs> Jew character who is Ow-ow. helping, yeah, who is helping uh, Don uh, steal these what end up being fraudulent items. Mm-hmm. And when I when I watched this, I was like. How is this not offensive? Jermaine Clement playing an Israeli in 2015? They should have known better than this. Mm -hmm. And what I find really interesting about that being my response is none of the reviews. Nobody has written anything about that being an offensive depiction. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I would think it would be, but you yourself just said, you know, you talked about how Boaz is one of your favorite things about the movie and, Mm -hmm. you know, not finding things offensive in the movie, so so maybe I'm missing the point. I guess I didn't really find...
1: um, Now, I'm not Jewish, so I can't necessarily speak for the Jewish people, but I I didn't find him to take on a lot of, like, Jewish stereotypes, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I guess... I guess the fact that he was, uh, how do I say this without offending anybody? I guess the fact that you know he was a little slippery, um, that that could be construed as um, a Jewish stereotype, maybe.
0: Well, I, um, I think what I meant more was the fact that it's a, a New Zealander playing a, oh, a, an Israeli. Just oh, seems yeah. you know off to me. It's called
1: acting. <laughs> it does, that that kind of that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Um that that's just acting. Acting is, is playing people that aren't
0: anything like you. My my favorite performance from this, the one that had me rolling, mm-hmm. wasn't Boaz. Although as Boaz gets skyrockets <laughs> into ridiculousness later in the movie, I definitely yeah. there were definitely yeah. moments that I was laughing at him. Yeah. But it was more that I was laughing at him and not with him, is mm-hmm. how I felt. But sure. Will Forte
1: yes he's great
0: steals the the scene uh especially his his uh sermon about About cereals about cereals oh my god talk about that so that's what that's what i laughed at
1: so funny yes i agree with you that is probably that's probably my favorite moment maybe um when he starts (laughs) grape nuts nuts you got me thinking about nuts in the morning and we got banana banana nut crunch we know what the nuts are balls. Now we got banana. <laughs> I, I love that breakdown. And he's like, you know what I eat? I eat the, the cereal life. I eat uh, raisin bran. <laughs> Lucky charms. You might as well be just eating. Uh, uh, what's he say? Uh, Lucifer sacrament. Right. So funny.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, found, that, I, I found that part hilarious because yes. that felt like the church experience, but it's more of a caricature. As I said, it's more of a character and, gen- and a generalization. And and the other thing that she was talking about with that subculture that most people don't know about, yeah. I had no idea that this whole biblical archaeology thing was a thing. Yeah. And yet when I was doing research for the show and, and reading interviews with Jared Hess where he was talking about it, and it was like, oh, my God, this is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um my church growing up had a uh, a library and you could you could rent VHSs and DVDs eventually. And I remember like they had these archaeology videos in there. Now I never watched them and they never showed them to us in like in Sunday school or anything. But I remember seeing the covers and just like thinking that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um
1: but no, I I've I've never seen them, but I do remember remember seeing them in the uh the bookstore growing up um which which is cool it's another another reason i kind of gravitated towards this just cuz i've i know that culture a little bit
0: right yeah and i and i so i think that that proves some of what she's saying mm-hmm. correct you know that it yeah. is that there, this is using a subculture that that almost sets the movie up to fail i mean her argument is yeah. this movie didn't have a chance because it's so specific yeah you know, of course, it only has twenty nine percent, twenty three percent at Rotten Tomatoes, because the 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 other you know percentage of the people don't get it.
1: I don't even know if this got a movie like a theater release. It, it probably got released in like Los Angeles and New York, but I don't think yeah. it got a wide release because uh, I think the first time I ever saw this movie or knew anything about it is when I saw the DVD in the store.
0: Uh, it it opened to twelve thousand nine hundred and seven dollars. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It made a total of. $31,309. That is domestic and worldwide.
1: That that tells me that <laughs> they had zero marketing budget behind this movie. Well, it is but Lionsgate,
0: so... Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, Lionsgate's a pretty big studio. Yes, but they do not necessarily uh, yeah. advertise a lot and of their stuff. And for a
1: movie like this, I... Yeah, that makes sense. But like it's got some big names. Sam Rockwell, even in 2015 like he was he's not a movie star, but he's a well-known actor. Sure. Uh, Danny McBride, he was a well-known actor then. Um even Leslie Bibb, well-known actress. Amy Ryan, I mean she's a well-known character actor. She's not going to draw people to the box office, but she's a fantastic actress. Um so it's definitely got some names there that I think if they had actually had a marketing budget and pushed those names out there it could have made more than $12,000 on opening weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, as I said, I had never even heard of it when you suggested it. And the fact right. when you suggested it and it was like, again, I, I didn't care for Napoleon Dynamite or, right. or Nacho Libre, but I saw them. I'm yeah. familiar with who Jared Hess is. Right. And I was like, how did this come out starring Sam Rockwell and Danny McBride and Will Forte? And mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about it. Like, this yeah. doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah went went totally under the radar and I feel like his second or his movie after this went under the radar too but found another home kind of another life on Netflix masterminds right do you you ever see that I have not hilarious I thought about choosing that one but that one's a little bit more more known now because of Netflix right Uh, but that's a great one
2: If you enjoy space adventures featuring brave and competent astronauts. Can you give me a countdown to be ready? A three, two. One. If you enjoy podcasts that are culturally sensitive. I've been labeling stuff aboard the ship with post-its
1: so she can learn a language. I speak English, you bloody.
2: If you enjoy shows with sophisticated humor. Well, that's just rude. It's her spacesuit. Then you may not want to listen to Oz9. But if you simply enjoy giggling. Oh, ho, 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 you
0: anglers, so snooty about all the everythings.
2: Oz9 may be the show for you. Get it wherever you find the other shows you like to put in your ears. That title is spelled O Z dash numeral 9. You could certainly do worse. All right, so you,
0: uh, you have some favorite comedic moments from this one.
1: Yes, so shortly after, well, the breakfast cereal monologue was hilarious. Shortly after that, I don't remember exactly when, but um, there's a sequence where Danny McBride is talking to... Uh, Uh, they're either parishioners or possible donors. I can't remember specifically which one, but he's talking about dinosaurs and he's talking about how like dinosaurs are bullshit. Right. And, um, he's trying to, well, he's trying to, to figure out what he wants to find next and it's like the small like the original vessel of noah's that his boys had like gotten a hold of and wrecked or something right. the party um, boat yeah and somehow that was going to prove that dinosaurs weren't real and he started talking about how dinosaurs were just like little voltrons in the fact that like we just like put together random reptile bones together to create little voltrons i thought that was a really funny moment when boaz is dancing with um carol and carol brings up the fact that she has a kid and -hmm. and then he finds out that that he's in jail and he says something about oh good he's in jail so i don't i won't have to provide for him (laughs) i thought that was that that had me rolling um at the end where he hands uh, Don the, uh, the toothbrush shiv where he's like, brush, stab, brush, stab, brush, stab. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. The whole moment where um, they're asking what what Poon Yang, when they're asking Pung Yang for $10,000 um, to wire them money early and Boaz is doing it like so kind of timidly, like he, he doesn't really want Pung Yang to completely hear him. But he does at the same time, and he has to repeat himself three times because Poon-Yang can't understand his thick accent. Right. I thought that was very funny. It was a good bit. This is a moment I actually just realized for the first time uh, that I, I had never noticed in the very opening sequence. It's like a it's a reel of one of his videos, and there's a shot of him using a metal detector. Right. And he turns around to a guy and shushes him. And I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking, why do you got to shush somebody when you're using a metal detector? I mean, metal detector, I mean, you got headphones on. It's going to, you're going to hear the beep. And even if somebody's talking, you're going to hear the beep. I just thought that was kind of funny. I don't, I don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody would really shush anybody while they're, while they're using a metal detector. Um, another moment that Danny, when Danny McBride, first was introduced and he's talking about how um church membership has been going down precipitously mm-hmm. over the last couple of years and he's talking about science and how science is teaching that we all came from protozoas and he's like you know what a protozoa is it's a god sea monkey
0: um <laughs> So, two of the things that you've mentioned were actually problems i had not not that they weren't funny i, I yeah. mean i, I smiled I, I again, I didn't really laugh at this movie, yeah, but the movie the, the i think i think what disappointed me the most is there were there were opportunities to mm-hmm. to do something with the movie that I, I mean obviously it wasn't the story that hess wanted to tell or mm-hmm. else they would have gone that direction, but there's right. so many things about like the protozoans being sea monkeys, or you, you, disproving the dinosaurs. There's, there's very, especially early in the movie. There's a very strong science versus religion mm-hmm. foundation laid mm-hmm. that goes nowhere. Yeah, like they could have done something with that. That could have been something interesting. Goes nowhere. Yeah, and it was like, well, that was disappointing because it, it, it could have been something. Boaz as a whole i think mm-hmm. one of the things i noticed i'm going to assume it was intentional mm-hmm. because then they later they hit you over the head with it but one of the right. th- the things i noticed was as don is starting to go down this path with boaz boaz has sent him the 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 Messed up with which statue he sent him for Lot's wife, so they pretend <laughs> it's the right statue, and then Boaz finds out that he's gotten the fake skull and and yeah. gets on board. Yeah, and Don has to make certain deals with Boaz in order to get his cooperation.
1: Yeah,
0: Boaz's primary colors that he's wearing are red. Mm-hmm. Don is making this deal with a figurative devil. Devil. Figure. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. i didn't mm. notice the color because they don't go anywhere with it. Yeah, like they 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 do have. Um, Carol hearing about Don going, making a pact with, with the devil, but Mm -hmm. that's it. They never, like, they kind of hit you over the head with that idea that he's making a deal with the devil, but they never really follow through. Like they could have, they could have done something with that again, obviously not the story they wanted to tell, but I I found like, I found it frustrating that there were elements here that could have taken this in a much more enjoyable direction Mm -hmm. and, and it missed every one of them.
1: Yeah where where would you as far as um that aspect where would you have taken it
0: as far as like the 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 deal with the devil type thing yeah yeah, oh man i would have gone i i would have gone hog wild with it and totally Mm -hmm. like by the end of the movie have transformed boaz into some sort of devil figure now the danger of doing that is of course Oh, so you are going to take the Jew and turn him into a devil mm, figure? Yeah, this yeah, movie's yeah. not anti-Semitic at all. No, so, no. They, so obviously, yeah. that's something you've got to be careful with with crafting sure. it. But I totally, especially because I mean, the, the the problem is your description is that he starts, you know, faking these these artifacts, and what I find fascinating is we are watching that happen from the start this obviously Mm -hmm. has not been the way his career was the whole time they could have gone that angle too yeah they could have just turned him into a total con artist yeah but they didn't they made him a genuine man yeah who makes a decision for the best of intentions like his Mm -hmm. intentions are noble yeah but it's still the wrong decision and it lands him in a very dangerous relationship with boaz Yeah, because Boaz gets the upper hand there and and he wants what he wants. So I just Mm -hmm. I think there's there's a lot that they could have done. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I would agree with you again. I don't think this is a perfect movie. Um, I just I find it an enjoyable film and in a nostalgic film. Um, But yeah, I I would totally agree with you there. I think it could be funnier for sure. Um, It's definitely not as funny as some of Jared Hess's other films. Um and I do agree that it could have they they could have gone a little bit more interesting directions in some of the some of the ways the story could have gone but I don't know I'm I'm pretty satisfied with how the story went there's one there, there's one thing that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me as far as the progression of the characters go and it's it's at the very end
0: Yep
2: I was um, going to bring that up I
1: I never <laughs> I never got a romantic feeling between Don and Carol. No, it was always platonic, but it, it was close platonic platonic, but never romantic. And then she kisses him at the end. And that just kind of pulled me out of the end of the movie. Luckily it is the end of the movie pretty much until we get to the uh, brush stab scene. Um, but yeah, that, that pulled me out of that scene. Cause it really doesn't make sense.
0: That didn't bother me as much because, because she kissed him yeah and while there was definitely not a romantic relationship developed between them over the course of the movie mm-hmm. there was especially at the beginning of the movie a yeah. one a one way sense of idolization yeah she definitely admired him a lot. right so i could i could see her kissing him what didn't make any sense to me in the world whatsoever is the last shot of the movie Where Don is in prison and like, okay, Uh he, he, he's accepting that he's in prison, which means he's taking responsibility for the bad choices he's made. Great. I can totally get behind that again. Don is made from the very beginning to be, to be a good guy who makes a bad choice for the right reasons. These are the consequences for those reasons. He also is like,
1: seems like he might fall back in line with Boaz, which is bad idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then he spots the younger man. Yeah. And he realizes it's Carol's son just so happens to be the exact same jail, right? Just happens to be the exact same prison. He goes over asks, is your mom's name? Carol. He -hmm. says, yes. And we pan away with the building. What
2: the hell? I don't
0: understand the point of that. There's no foundation for this whatsoever.
1: What are we going to see a sequel with him mentoring him in the jail? Um, Like I, yeah, I totally agree with you. That, did not make sense it didn't need to be in the movie i'm not really sure what the point is other than the fact to tie carol back in somehow um and her son that she had talked about briefly earlier in the movie yeah. um yeah, yeah i i totally agree that was weird and it was also weird like he ran on foot from the hospital um how did the cops know exactly where he was at carol's right like they just they just pulled up like literally a minute after he got to carols they're on him right i'm like that makes no sense
0: i i turn i tend to turn a blind eye to the logistics to, of police, that, yeah. of police I, I finding feel, yeah. people in movies at any point because it's just yeah. at this point we just go oh, okay i mean it's have you yeah. ever played one of the grand theft auto games the police know well, where you are every second you know. and i don't oh, know I, why i love getting
1: the police on me in grand theft auto
0: right but like i'll get away from them and then yeah. suddenly they're there again and it's like how yeah. did you know i had lost yeah. you yeah so yeah, no, I I feel you on that. All right, so we, we talked a little. We've already talked about Jermaine Clement. I mean, Jermaine Clement is interesting as Boaz. I do not think it's Clement's best performance by any means. No, I I totally agree with you. There. Um, and and as I said, I found it I found it borderline offensive. But apparently, I'm alone in that, so I'm just going to yeah. deal with
1: it. Yeah, I, yeah, you are alone in that. I, but I don't <laughs> get offended easily. Um, I'm I'm perfectly fine with uh uh, political in in incorrectness now if you're being mean-spirited obviously right but like i i i'm a lover of comedy and comedy can get pretty comedy is meant to offend like comedy if you're not offending i love the comedy that offends everybody in the room Gotcha. Like, uh, Blazing Saddles, one of my favorite movies of all time. It literally offends everybody.
0: It does its best. That's <laughs> yeah. why it would never, it would never get made today. <laughs>
1: Could not make it today. Definitely
0: not. Um. Uh, so let's talk about some of the other performances, just to give give a couple of of, of minutes to to some of the others. Mm-hmm. As I said, I mean, Sam Rockwell is an interesting pick for Don verdine Um. Mm-hmm. He he plays it very subdued, very low key. I almost wish you got more exasperation and intensity as his relationship with Boaz kind of steamrolls out of control, but that's yeah. that's a choice they made and I and mm-hmm. I get it. But Amy Ryan as Carol, mm-hmm. it, it took me a couple of minutes to remember where I had seen her from. Of course I know her from The Office. Yeah. Her performance is really interesting. Cause as mm-hmm. I said, it is it's not romantic, but there is this sense of almost idolization of him at the beginning of the movie until she starts learning who he really is, you know, or or what choices he's made. And even then there's a sense of acceptance of it where she made the comment about that. Sometimes you do need to lie for the greater good, but when the people around you start getting hurt, then that sin is yours to carry. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that's actually a really astute idea.
1: Yeah. I don't even remember that line. When did she say that?
0: Um, when she discovers the, the okay. fraud, the fraud, when, when, fraud, after, yeah. after the press conference, because they made up the whole story about the Al Qaeda or the, the, the and, and like the getting taken prisoner and all that. And she was yeah. there, she knows none of that happened. And she, that's yeah. when she tells him about, you know, like, yeah, you could have given me a warning and sometimes we have to lie for the greater good, but
1: yeah, she, she reminds me of, and, and I'm going to take it back to this. She reminds me of, of you know, certain women that I saw or knew growing up in church like not older women but you know middle-aged women that no longer had a husband but might have a child and they're kind of lonely and they're kind of timid and they can easily be walked all over
0: well and the fact that she had a son made her feel like the french whore in les miserables (laughs) yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah yeah. that's another
0: kind of funny moment um but
1: you know what this this dynamic reminded me of and in her character specifically and i don't know if it was i don't want to say stolen but inspired by this but have you ever seen talladega nights
0: of course yes
1: it reminds me of of the dynamic between will ferrell's character ricky bobby and amy adams who is his assistant who's very timid he walks all over her until she finally puts her foot down and and they end up falling in love or whatever but like that the the, the dynamic minus the the romantic stuff which i again don't agree with but that that dynamic really was very similar in this movie and even the character was very similar in the way they played it um as far as like being very timid easily walked all over
0: okay um danny mcbride and leslie bibb as the Mm -hmm. lazaruses
1: yeah I'm I'm a huge Danny McBride fan. Um, I don't think this is his funniest performance, but I do think it is a good performance. Um, and I do think he has a lot of funny moments, funny one-liners. But just just in general, I think he's playing this t- this stereotype of a pastor very well.
0: Yeah, I I think. Somebody asked me the other day about Danny McBride, that they had not really heard of Danny McBride. And I was like, well, he was in just about every bad comedy from the 2000s. You know, it's like he bad comedy. He has a lot of not so good roles here and there. Um, He is great in Pineapple Express. That one I have not seen yet. Your That's Highness like, is terrible. Oh, my God. Your Highness is so bad. I So real I quick, was so expecting that one to be good. Me, too. Me, too. Real quick. I
1: want to take a quick aside. Um, I actually I went to NC State and when I was there, your, your highness came out and they actually brought the movie to campus to screen before it came out. And it was Danny McBride and David Gordon Green. And I actually got to sit front row for that screening and like ask them questions afterward, which was super cool. Uh, but it was a very bad movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and, and like, I, and I pointed out, like, like he's great in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, but yeah. he's like so over the top in yeah. that movie. That's what he does, though. Right, he exactly over the top. But that's not what he does here. No, it's not. And that's actually I, I found that. A, a fresh difference in his performance is that it was yeah. a, it's, it's again it's not as subdued as sam rockwell's but yeah for danny mcbride it's subdued and he
1: has done that through the years in every once in a while in things yeah but that is kind of his shtick is is very bombastic
0: yeah and leslie bibb i just wanted more of in general yeah once i was always great because uh she, jupiter uh jupiter ascending or whatever that was no 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 what's the name of the tv show jupiter's legacy she she's a she's a major player in Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. Oh
1: yeah yeah, yeah. which okay. did not get I, I watched,
0: renewed for a second season. So I'm not going to recommend anybody watch it. I watched
1: like two episodes and didn't really like it.
0: I enjoyed her in it though. So it's mm-hmm. like when she showed up here, I was like, oh, I could I could go for more of that.
1: Yeah, she's always good. She she was good in the bit parts that they gave her in the Iron Man movies. Yeah, which I guess is where she met uh, Sam Rockwell because they're they're together.
0: Pro- oh, are they?
1: Yeah yeah oh,
0: okay. And then as I said, will Forte like to me he's yeah, still he's in the great. show like he's, he's not great. in much of this movie but when he is like he's the best thing about it he's a guy that I have grown to
1: love over the years when he first came on this on the scene doing MacGruber, I was like,
0: this guy is dumb he is not funny at all uh, but I've really grown to love him over the years I what what really changed my mind about it because I kind of had that same mindset when he was on SNL it was just like, oh come on dude mm-hmm. um, but last man on earth yes that's a very I, funny show. i really enjoyed him on that and, and the mcgruber movie is very funny i've heard that it's I've very not, funny i've not watched again i don't watch enough comedies so yeah one of these days i'll change that i recommend it all right so the the setup the whole con job where they're taking mm. um punyen uh <laughs> to 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 the where they have the yeah, the, the, the holy the grail. grail hidden. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of heist stuff lately. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that that actually played out pretty well. Yeah. But I particularly liked the fact that they go from uh uh Boaz taking out the detonator for his own squib and and you get I mean like they don't even hide it. It's not like no. the audience thinks for a second that he got shot. It's yeah. just blam. Oh. And and like I mean we see it and we see the over exaggerated responses, and then suddenly Punyan is the one shot. Yeah. And it's like Th- that had me do a double take as well, where it was like, oh, wow. But he w- was, he, I mean, he wasn't really shot, right? I thought he was, I just, he Maybe, wasn't really a millionaire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was really shot. I don't know. Um, I also thought it was kind of funny and this is me being technical. I don't know if they meant to do this or not, but if you notice when Boaz gets shot, he gets shot in the front of the leg, he gets shot in the front of the leg and the shooters are behind him. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah i think that was intentional but uh, i, I but think it was intentional just to show yeah. how idiotic they were yeah. that, like, and, and how dumb poon they they expected Poon yang to be too yeah all right what have we not talked about that you wanted to make sure we chatted about before we move into the end game here honestly that's pretty much
1: it i have a couple like one-liners here that i don't remember where they came from so i'm not going to talk about them oh okay um feel free but, to throw them out well, they don't really make sense in context. Okay, I did. I did like um, when when they were first discussing, you know, hiring Don verdine At least uh, the Lazarus Church was first discussing that. He was talking about how he wanted to create a museum, and how he he was talking about how he wanted to create a museum, and it would be like bringing the Holy Land over here in the good old U.S. of A. Where it should be. Um, and I thought that was so like. Arrogant American. Uh, Oh, yeah. I I really like that. I thought that was kind of commentary on, like, how – Americans especially like Christian Americans kind of co-opted a lot of like Christianity to mean like America right and it's it's not and like how Jesus is white and stuff and Jesus
0: was clearly not white so I I thought that was kind of funny and send your hate mail to no um (laughs) uh, no I one of the things one of the best things about the movie I will say this they they give Don Verdeen like the best out early on in the movie Mm-hmm. as far as, like, his behavior, his choices, that kind of stuff. He he says, it's clear I have never found any of these things by my own intellect. Like, yeah, 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 Like, he's admitting from the beginning <laughs> yeah, of the movie that he's he is a not a smart yeah. man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's a great line. And then one, uh, one other Danny McBride line, after they get the pillar of salt, the second pillar of salt, and it's perceived to have, you know, junk on it, he... He says something along the lines of, my only fear is for the milk drinkers in my congregation, is the meat going to be too much for them to swallow? Um, When he's talking about how it looks like Lot's Lot's wife might have been a hermaphrodite. (laughs) That was a great line, too. Like I said, they gave Dan McBride a lot of great one-liners, and he delivers them so well. Uh, and again, it's not over the top. It's not. It's not loud and in your face like he normally is. But he just delivered it with such precision. Um, I think that's all the the one-liners I've written down here. Okay.
0: All right. Well, then let's move into the end game here. First up, we have the algorithm says this is a list of movies. Various algorithms say you will like because you like this movie. I like this part. This is like a lightning round of your responses to these movies. Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do you not see how they're connected? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You've already mentioned a lot of these movies in this episode so far, whether you're even aware of the connection or not. So here we go. Uh, First up, gentlemen Broncos. I, I like it. Don't love it, but I like it. Okay, better because you said you've said the same thing about this that this isn't your favorite. So
1: I, I probably like this one better than Gentleman Broncos. Okay, for,
0: so for those who don't know, this is another Hess movie.
1: Yeah, it, Gentleman Broncos is really out there. Okay, all
0: right. Masterminds, love it. Love Absolutely it. Absolutely
1: love it. Absolutely
0: okay. love it. All right, I will check it out. I will it's check so it out. funny. An evening with Beverly Luff Lynn. Never heard of it. Me neither. Is that like a, it sounds like a stand-up comedy show. I don't believe it is. No, it has, uh, um, Emile Hirsch, Aubrey Plaza, Matt Berry, Jermaine Clement, Craig Robinson. Wow.
1: Yeah. I might have to check this out. I do like pretty much all those performers.
0: I I know. It's another one that I was like, okay, I've never heard of this. So I I don't know quite where to go with it. The fist foot way. Love it. It's the foot fist way. Get it right, brother. (laughs)
1: or i'll have to you know hit you with one of these roundhouse kicks no have you seen the foot fist way i have not wow so if you ever watch it the dojo that they filmed it in is like five minutes from my house okay yeah it's a great movie it's very low budget is that where you work out no it's no (laughs) longer a dojo it's now a lighting store (laughs) (laughs) the dojo actually moved to a larger larger building somewhere else Okay. But they're still in business. Um, the Incredible Burt Wonderstone. I hate it. It's terrible. Really? Yeah, I did not like it. Okay. But I like Steve Carell. I just, like I said, I'm, I don't really like Jim Carrey. Okay.
0: All right. I had not thought of that movie in ages since no. until it showed up here. I'm oh. kind of
1: surprised that it showed up on this list, but
0: yeah. okay. Mama's Boy.
1: Mama's Boy. Mama's
0: Boy. Mama's Boy.
1: That sounds really familiar. Yeah. Um, it has
0: Napoleon Dynamite in it.
1: Oh, no. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Does that have Susan Sarandon in it? Um, I think it's I think it's think him and Susan Sarandon.
0: Uh, no, it's uh, John Heater and Diane Keaton.
1: Ah, Susan Sarandon, Diane Keaton, same thing.
0: Ooh. <laughs> that kidding. may be more offensive than a, uh, a Kiwi <laughs> playing an a Israeli. Uh, all right. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. So this is a movie I totally expected to hate. I loved it. I've heard that from so many people and yet it I cannot bring myself terrible. to watch it. Oh yeah. It looked terrible. It's very funny. Okay. Uh matchstick men. Love it. Really?
1: Yeah, I love matchstick men.
0: I'm not a fan. I love it. I want to be, but I'm not. Yeah.
1: I'm a huge Nick Cage fan and you got Sam Rockwell in there. I just
0: find the the movie itself kind of boring though.
1: But, really? Okay. Yeah. I I don't know. I find I find like the I just find his character fascinating as far as like all his little ticks and stuff. Right. And all the twists and turns that kind of unfold throughout the movie. And Ridley Scott's another one of my favorite directors, although he hasn't really made the greatest movies in the last couple of years um, or in right. the last 10 years. 20, 20 maybe. 25. Maybe. twenty five. he's made some good <laughs> ones here and there. I mean, I like Prometheus. I like, uh, I like um, Matchstick Men. His new one looks interesting with Affleck and Damon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say that. All right. Two more uh fanboys i i i can't remember if i've seen it if i've seen it it was a long time ago and it wasn't memorable
0: you yeah, know what it's about though it was disappointing i gotta yeah. say
1: yeah i don't i, I want to say maybe i saw it like one night in college when i might have been drinking so i don't really remember
0: it <laughs> fair enough yeah and then finally the way way back the Way Way Back, that's one that you covered recently. It is. Um, and every time I get the chance to tell people about it, I'm going to tell people yeah, about it. Yeah, it's one I that I do it. like. Yeah, I do like that. Um,
1: but I, I like that there's another similar one that came up on that show. Um, and I've also talked to you about it Kings of Summer. Right. That's, that's a good one that's similar to that that uh, I want you to watch at some point.
0: At some point. <laughs> All right. We always end with a pop quiz for multiple choice questions based sure. on the movie. Are you ready? I am. All right. Number one, in talking about creating unique characters for his movies, Jared Hess says he starts within the character's world and then moves inward. For Don Verdeen, what element did he start with? A, the debate between religion and science, B, the world of biblical archaeology, C, the beard and vest, or D, small-time confidence men games?
1: I'm going to go with uh, the world of biblical archaeology.
0: That absolutely is it. Okay. Um, Yeah. He he said that there's this whole world that so many people don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. And like that's where he started with it. All right. Number two, besides the character's world, Hess says he has difficulty writing dialogue or anything for a character until what else is established about the character? A the actor is cast in the role B an extensive backstory is developed C the clothes, the character wears or D how the character would dance.
1: Mm. So I'm going to say it's not a, cause you kind of have to have a script to get a actor on board, or at least I wouldn't think Hess would have that much
0: pull. Um I'm going to go. what was B again? Uh, an extensive backstory is developed. I'm going to go with B. No, it's the clothes the character wears. He wants to know what they look like and what they sound like before he can write dialogue for them. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Number three, while Hess was creating the characters for Don Verdeen, one actor disagreed with him about how to portray the character, but ended up creating what was seen in the final project. Which actor had such a large say in his part in the movie? A, Sam Rockwell as Don Verdeen, B, Jermaine Clement as Boaz, C, Danny McBride as Tony Lazarus, or D, Will Forte as Pastor Fontaine. I'm going to go with Boaz. Yep. He wanted Jermaine Clement to play it with his natural New Zealand accent, and it was his idea to do kind of the Hebrew accent Hmm. type thing. I I think it worked better that way. Uh, and finally, one of the actors cast in for Ver- Don Verdeen responded to the script and casting news by saying he was really excited to be able to tell his mama about the part. Who was it? A. Sam Rockwell as Don Verdeen. B. Jermaine Clement as Boaz. C. Danny McBride as Tony Lazarus. Or D. Will Forte as pa- Pastor Fontaine.
1: I feel like Danny McBride would call his mother his mama. That sounds That sounds like something he would say. I'm gonna go with Danny McBride.
0: It was Danny McBride. Okay. Excited, yeah. he could tell his mama he was playing a Christian pastor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he he has a lot of uh, issues with growing up in the church. Um, I mean, have you ever seen his show, um, The Righteous Gemstones, on HBO? I have not a great, great show. Uh, but that is, I mean that that's no holds barred. <laughs> that does not hold back. But I mean, that's more poking fun at like prosperity church gospel. I don't know if you know what, what prosperity yeah. church is, but like Joel Osteen, yeah. um, which I'm not a fan of. Um, so like, I, I love that show. Cause I love making fun of those people. Cause I think they're ridiculous.
0: All right, man, where can people find you? What do you want to promote? Um, so you can find
1: me on uh, real rundown, which is a podcast I've been co-hosting with my buddy Austin, uh, for a few years now, now that we're kind of getting back to normal, we're going to have you on. I know we were going to have you on a couple weeks ago, but that kind of got messed up, but we are going to have you on again, hopefully before the end of the year. Uh, and then if you can't find me, there i'm actually on a new podcast that's not quite out yet um i'm producing and i'm kind of the if you will the andy richter of the podcast i'm not the full host but i am kind of the guy that he kind of bounces things off of but it's called uh, global chandemic um it's hosted by another frequent guest on our podcast chandler smith um who i grew up with um good buddies with and he just he's wanted to do a podcast for like a year and a half i'd kind of encouraged him to do so he asked me to come on board and help him so i was more than willing to do so and uh i figured i might as well try to keep up with you with all my different podcasts
0: (laughs) how many podcasts you got going on right now uh well right now just this one but i have a second one in development that hopefully will be coming out soon what
1: about the the warcraft one what's going on
0: with that one blizzard is a piece of shit and i'm not playing the game anymore (laughs)
1: okay
0: fair enough fair Um, enough. i
1: did hear something was going on with blizzard i don't follow that stuff so i don't know exactly yeah
0: i haven't made any official announcements but um, okay um, i'm not playing i I don't i'm I, i mean i'm raiding with my guild but that's yeah just that's literally all i'm logging in because i'm committed to that team
1: dang so they must they must have i gotta i'm gonna have to do some research after this they must yeah. have really messed up for you to completely quit playing because like i know some world of warcraft players and like they're pretty dedicated
0: yeah yeah it's wow. it's it's i'm sorry to hear that we'll talk about it off air yeah sure, um, sure. so so this kind of to me illustrates one of the things i love about movies because you picked mm-hmm. a movie that zero interest in yeah. watched it i don't think it's a great movie yeah. But we still sat here and had a fantastic conversation for the sure. last hour. And sure. you changed my mind about a couple of things. So, yeah. you know, I think that, that's one of the things about, that, that to me is fun about film is the conversations that you can have. Absolutely. So thank you for a great conversation. Even if I didn't, you know, think the movie was brilliant, it still was just fun to chat with you about it. So I,
1: I totally agree with you. That's that's why I've been hounding you to come back on the show, and I'm going to continue <laughs> to hound you for a third time. Um, but I had a question for you before we got off. Okay. You said the the Rotten Tomato score for the credit score was 29, percent right? Correct.
0: Okay. What is your score out of 100? Oh, geez. Um, I I, I don't really do out of a hundred. I I I would give it like. If I put it in my letterbox, which I didn't because I didn't want you stealing a look at my score. I haven't uh, looked at the letterbox in a couple weeks, so I, you have I been probably good. will put it in as two stars.
1: Two stars? Okay. I can't remember what I put this in, but I would probably put it in as like three and a half. Okay. Again, like I, I totally agree with you. It's not a great movie. I just, I have certain things about it that that i find nostalgic and draws me to
0: it yeah it well, makes sense that makes yeah, sense
1: yeah plus i wanted to bring a lesser known movie to the to your podcast and next time i'll probably try to do something similar okay. if i'm allowed on a third oh, of
0: course time. of course man <laughs> doors open just pick a movie we'll get it set up Absolutely. Uh, hopefully sooner than this one yeah
1: for sure for sure
0: so that does it for this week, but you can keep the conversation going throughout the week on social media. Share your thoughts about Don Verdeen, or maybe tell me about a movie you'd like to come on the show and talk about. You can find me at Townhess—that's T that's T-A-L-N-H-E-S-S, on Twitter and Letterboxd, or the show at Have Not Seen This on Twitter, on Facebook where I have not seen this podcast, or email me at have not seen This at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. This podcast is available through all major podcast sources. Positive ratings and reviews are always welcome, as it's just sharing the podcast with a friend and spreading the love. Special thanks to Chris Talent for our wonderful theme song, and thanks to Price Ash for providing this week's conversation. Until next week, I'm Rave Telsch, and this has been Have Not Seen This. Be kind to each other.